It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. It's, just, it's gotta go together. Michael, you do the Wemo Wop. Wemo Wop, Wemo Wop. Yeah, yeah, alright, Ryan, keep clapping. Wemo Wop, Wemo Wop, Wemo Wop, Wemo Wop, Wemo Wop, Wemo Wop. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle. Alright, welcome everybody to our very famous world premiere. Uh, 4K 60 FPS of the Unversed cast. That's right. Uh, we're back after. But we're also in 3D. We're in 3D. We also all have the coronavirus. Ryan, do you want to edit this podcast? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> but it's like as if you're really there, just beyond the screen. Y'all ever watch? I'm eating a chicken 3D? sandwich. It's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, King How K just it? returned from Spicy Nug Island. Uh, everybody, <laughs> everybody's favorite Animal Crossing island. I uh, just returned from cleaning up cat vomit and shit. <laughs> you know, Yuki's pretty clean. Uh, every once in a while, she'll leave a, a turd on the floor. That's not, in a place that's not the litter box. But usually, she's pretty. Uh, she's pretty well behaved. I mean, they so, shit uh, in the box, but they just threw up because I had to change their food. Ryan, does your cat come all over the place to really I don't, perfect this trifecta? I don't have a cat. I'm a dog person. Um, well, my dog's pretty good. Um, though, so, this is the podcast where we talk about all things bathroom-related. Um, so, Michael- What is my first life? Thi <laughs> first things first, we gotta ask Michael about his menstrual cycle. How's that been going? What the fuck, Adox? <laughs> Well, we're to, it's all things bathroom related. Can we start over? I don't like this part. <laughs> if there's anything I've learned from speaking with my mom and my sister, it's never to ask about menstrual cycles, ever. <laughs> Alright, here, listen. This is, um... I, we've, uh, we've all been quarantined in our homes. We can't go to the Unversed Cast HQ to record normally. So... We're- we're a bit isolated. I can't see Michael's beautiful face. I can't see King K's beautiful voice. I can't see Ryan's beautiful beard. And I can't see myself. So, we decided, from the comfort of our own homes, we'd continue the show, bring back the entertainment, keep the humor going. The show must go on. It must. <laughs> you might even say, the review must go on. What's no, that a reference to? I would not say that. <laughs> the nostalgic critic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> From before everybody decided they hated him, because it turns out he was an asshole. Well, why don't we talk about that as our first topic? <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all actuality, uh, we thought it would be interesting to put together some games to play while quarantined. Uh... I, I think I speak for everyone when I say, you go first, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, the first, the first game I would recommend is not Animal Crossing. Um, <gasps> Animal Crossing is fundamentally the same game. It's Ben's 
for uh, since GameCube. Um, and I don't know why you would, why people wanted a new one. I don't. I don't get it. Uh, Blood is boiling right now. <laughs> but you can continue. <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, I think the first game I want to talk about is a little game called Bug Fables. Or, oh fuck. Uh, Bug Fables is a spiritual successor to the first two Paper Mario games. Um, and in terms of game feel, it reminds me much more of Paper Mario 64, which I'm, I'm fine with because that's still the best game in the series, bar none in my opinion. Um, mm. Like, it, what I mean is that like the soundtrack reminds me a lot of Paper Mario 64. The way that the sprites are drawn and animated remind me more of Mario 64. It looks less like a Flash cartoon. Like, Thousand Year Door looks like a Flash cartoon the way it's animated, because everything's like a sub-sprite that moves independently and rotates. So it looks like, you know, like a Flash animation where you, you'll, you'd like to tween the pieces. Whereas all of the sprites and bug fables are like full frames. Um, and the, the outlines are, I guess, a little rougher. Um, and it's, it's more colorful like 64 is. Um, but in terms of story, it's actually a lot more like Thousand Year Door, I guess. Where, like, uh, the, you're, like, searching for a treasure of the everlasting sapling. So basically, like, the game is an RPG, uh, with flat sprites like Paper Mario, where you explore this big... Like, there's, there's a wonderful moment about a fourth of the way into the game, where you realize that this the entire game world takes place in someone's backyard, which is pretty funny. Uh, I like that. Yeah, it's because like you get to see like the the wall that leads into someone's house is like on the edge of the game world, and yeah. Um, so basically, the, the the overall plot is you play as this team of explorers, uh, V, Kabu, and Leaf. Um, who sort of come together by, through mysterious, through um, kind of weird means, um, and sort of become best friends, and they they form an explorers team, and they are searching for the everlasting sapling on behalf of the ant queen, um, and there there are all these different bug kingdoms, including the wasp kingdom, the bee kingdom, the ant kingdom, the termites, which I just found out about, um, and. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, um, the battle system is almost identical to Paper Mario 64 and Thousand Year Door. Um, like, the action commands for Kabu is, are basically just the hammer action command, except you press it down instead of left. Uh, V's action command is basically the jump, and Leaf's action command is basically, uh, like, Vivian's from Thousand Year Door, where, like, you press a random button after a timer goes off. Um, the big difference battle system-wise is that you have this ability called the Turn Relay, which is itself very similar to an ability from Thousand Year Door that you get with Goombella, where Goombella had this ability called Rally Wink that allowed her to pass her turn back to Mario, so Mario could move twice in one turn. Um, and you can essentially do that with all three characters in Bug Fables. It's like, there are no partners or anything, you just have the three characters for the whole game, and as you level up, they get, like, new moves and stuff. Uh, and at any point in time, you can, like, swap one of the characters' turns to another character, 
Uh, however, if you move to that other character there and they move more than once per turn, they lose like a hit a point off of the da their damage output. Um, so, you know, there's that there's that cost to that. Um, and, you know, obviously each of the characters are better equipped for attacking certain kinds of enemies like V has a beamerang. She's a bee, so she has a beamerang that she throws at flying enemies and when she knocks the flying enemies down, then the other two characters can come in and attack them there. Uh, so you gotta really think about which order the characters move, who goes in front, because whoever's in front deals more damage, but also takes additional damage. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I, so, like, I, I think uh, Bug Fables is very good. It has a really solid, compelling narrative. I haven't finished it yet. I'm about... I think I just reached chapter six. Um, but it's how many uh, hours is it like? Uh, I'm not sure. So far. Uh, so far, I'd have to look at my Steam, uh, and I can probably tell you. Bug Fables. It's on Steam, and I, I know it's on Switch. 19 hours so far. Um, um, and I should note that this game actually has a lot of side content in it. Like uh, when you look at Paper Mario, both of the Paper Marios, like you have like the trouble center slash the Koopa Coot favors you have star pieces but there wasn't really much in the way of like optional dungeons or anything um and bug fables actually has a lot of optional dungeons in it um which is pretty which is pretty engaging so like between chapters if you want to like not go forward with the main story and take some time to like explore uh, areas you already went to and you're like well I didn't have that ability that let me break the boulders before but now I do and I remember seeing a boulder back there you break it and then you find out oh there's an optional dungeon here I couldn't play earlier and then you go through it and you get a thing um, there are uh, crystal berries in the game which are basically star pieces they function identically you get like really good metals which are the badge equi mm. equivalents um, and yeah. So here's a question, Michael. Not to interrupt you, but like, so how you're describing it now, it it seems to me like it would it be fair to call this sort of a spiritual successor to the original Paper Mario games? I mean, it's really it's a spiritual successor to the first two. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, how does it compare? Like, say, 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 I'm looking at like. Bug Fables, Thousand Year Door, and 64. Like, I, I want to play one of the three. I still think Paper Mario 64 is my favorite of the three. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm not finished with Bug Fables yet, uh, so that opinion could very well change, but it does kind of have the same issue as Thousand Year Door for me, where um, I love Paper Mario 64 so much, and I... Well, technically, actually, I played Thousand Year Door first, like, I played 64 first, but I was so young that it doesn't really count. Um, and then I, you know, actually understood what I was doing when I played Thousand Year Door in 2004. Right. Uh, but Thousand Year Door to me has always just kind of felt like, well, well, let's just copy and paste this level design and battle system and enemies from Thousand Year, from Paper Mario 64, but put a new story on it and change the level design slightly. Like, there are entire puzzles and dungeons that are basically copy-pasted between games. Like, Hooktail's Castle is just Cooper Brothers Fortress again, with an airplane in it. Which is something, but, you know, 
And like most of the stuff that was original in Thousand Year Door was crap. Like I I don't know how anybody can say that the Twilight Trail was better than Forever Forest because it's just not. Um, Damn. And then there's the general white shit. Like everybody knows all these issues. People have talked about them before. So it's so. And Bug Fables is. I will say that like in terms of level design and the places you go to compared to the problems that Thousand Year Door has, where it's just like. I'm the chapter one and 64. I'm going to a grassy area. Then I go to a fortress. Then I climb up the fortress and fight a boss. And it's like basically the same thing between the two games. It's not really like that in bug fables. Like the chapters are pretty distinct from both of those games. Like there's a, there's one area you go to. That's kind of like an autumn fall inspired, like mountain area with, you know, like uh, this old dilapidated architecture and stuff. There's a sand castle, which is because like the desert area in the game, like I said, it takes place in someone's backyard. So the desert area is just a giant sandbox, like a literal is this sandbox. Honey, I shrunk the kids. With uh, Tim well, Allen? I mean, well, I mean, you're you're playing as uh, bugs, so it's like to scale. Ah, um, so it's like flubber. <laughs> I mean, like my point is, is that I feel like it's more distinct. The areas are more unique from the first two Mario. So I'll, what I'm leaning towards is, yeah, you just—it took you like five seconds to <laughs> go like five, four, three, two, one. I hate Hadox, and then you moved on <laughs> in your brain. Whatever interruption I had sat with you for a while, and then you just like. <sighs> so it's like I, I, what, what, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is. Paper Mario 64 had fantastic narrative design, systems design, and level design. And then Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door had better narrative design, but just sort of copy-pasted the systems and level design. Whereas I feel like Bug Fables has really good narrative design that's unique from those two games. It has level design that's unique from those two games. But the systems design, like the battle design stuff, is just kind of more of the same of those other two games. Um, I mean, like, there there are differences, but they're mostly pretty minor tinkering changes in terms of, like, game design. And so mm. it's just kind of like, and that's kind of the same problem I have with a lot of Final <laughs> Fantasy games and just Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door in general is that, yeah, it's, it is a better battle system than the later Paper Mario games for sure, but it's also just the same thing I already played in 64 again. Um, and that, that is kind of the pro- if I have like a criticism of Bug Fables, it is that. Uh, but the rest of the game is so good, um, and so fairly fresh, I'd, I'd say, uh, that it, it makes up for that. So uh, my current ranking is 64 is the best, Bug Fables is second best, then Thousand Year Door is the third. Ooh, interesting. In any event, if you like those two for the first two Paper Mario games, you should definitely play Bug Fables, and I think you will enjoy it. Cool. I, I've never played it, but I, I'll add that to my wish list, actually. I I remember like it, it popping up when Color Splash was like announced, and you know a lot of people <laughs> were upset I think that's when I that. started their... Uh, that's when I first heard about Bug Fables was back then. Yeah. Damn. I mean... Now there's a rumor of like a new, more traditional Paper Mario game, which is kind of interesting. Well, there was. A, it's a. It's just a rumor. I. It, 
Yeah. I'm I'm still kind of pissed about that flipnote thing, so I'm I'm oh. staying. <laughs> that that flipnote thing had a thing with Chibi Robo on it, so of course I'm gonna be mad that was fake. Yeah, dude. Oh yeah, that Don't Michael tease showed me, with me my that. fucking boy. Same. Would it, Same would, it, would it have been better or worse if Isaac was on there? Well, if it was Isaac, I know it's fake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because you so because you've given up all hope. Aww. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I've given up all hope. But, I mean, it's just like, that's like the go-to. <laughs> let's like, let's take a moment to acknowledge that Ryan would consider a new Chibi Robo game more a more credible announced rumor than a new Golden Sun game. That's well, how bad things have gotten. The last Golden Sun game that came out was in 2010, and the last right. Chibi Robo game we got was like 2015. Yeah, well, but that game was that also one, Ziplash. True. Yeah. They said that would be the last one if it didn't perform right, and I don't know if they're still, like, holding up to that weird standard. Like, they're so- I, I could be a, do a whole rant on their treatment of Chibi-Robo with making the DS game a Walmart mm -hmm. exclusive and, like, yeah. not localizing literally the best uh, Chibi-Robo game. Yeah, I mean, it's don't you love Clean it Sweep. when it's like they made all these terrible business decisions? And then they're yeah. like blaming the fans for not buying the games. Like, do you want yeah. a, a 3D platformer air like <laughs> on the 3DS with uh, with with Sonic Boom Fire and Ice type level design, oh, where boy. you have to go up a thing and glide around? No, <laughs> I I actually don't. I was uh we before this whole quarantine thing started. Uh, I bought a uh, Chibi Robo on GameCube from GameStop. Yeah, it was only like uh, fifty dollars, which for like Chibi Robo with the manual, the box, and everything was Dude, like that's a, a steal. Steal like Chibi Robo yeah. is like one of the more rare. It's not. It's not like the rarest game on the GameCube, but it's like it's one of the like it's it's up there. It's pretty well, up there. Ryan, I'll let you get off your helicopter, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody, yeah, no, it, nobody <laughs> listening to this podcast is gonna understand what what he means. I mean, I, I'm on this podcast, so I don't understand what he means. Your mic was going the. <laughs> yeah, your Discord oh, is like is playing like a flickering sound. Yeah, but anyways, oh. the we were my friend Chris and I. We were playing it on the GameCube, and like, dude, it is. Oh, it's so charming. It runs so well, and like. It's so fun. I love it so much. Am and, I still on, uh, am I still on, like the helicopter? No, you're good. No, okay, I'm off my helicopter. Yay. No, that's one of, that's like <laughs> probably my favorite GameCube game. To be I would you say to... that it's a quarantine game? Hmm. You know what? Sure. I'd yeah. say so. I mean, if you can buy it or emulate it because honestly, why not just emulate it? <laughs> I ain't like, buying that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's I'll just be straight up. It. If you can, uh, I think they're working on like a uh, what is it? Uh, an English patch for Clean Sweep. So if like they already have it, I have it on. They my, already uh, have it, really? Yeah. Oh shit! I gotta, I gotta <laughs> download that then. It's pretty weird though. It's like it plays like the GameCube game, but it still uses touch controls. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, I guess that that's kind of expected with like a DS era game. I don't know. 
Like, Chibi Robo on the Switch would be so good. Like, a new Chibi Robo game. Or if they just wanted to keep it simple and just put the GameCube game on there somehow. Charge I'd like be 20 bucks for too. it. Just fucking make it happen. I, I love that fucking game so much. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's, uh, let's socially distancing, uh, pass this air I to Ryan you. to, uh, to like to have Ryan discuss his quarantine game. So Ryan, <laughs> here's the air from Michael. Oh thanks. Oh, uh, I passed it to you. I don't know, fucking Undertale or some shit. Did you, did you just pass <laughs> whatever the fuck you Hold want. Hold on a minute, hey Docs, you, you, you don't air? you don't refer yeah. <laughs> to Undertale as some shit. You know, hey Docs, the most like I think the most common way this spreads is through droplets in the air. So I'll, I'll and spit on my hand. Ryan some contaminated air. Ryan has corona, it's confirmed. Um, first cast Incorporated does not uh, condone the you spreading know, that, of coronavirus. That'd be really tragic if I, if I somehow ended up with this after the podcast. <laughs> oh, no! Like, no. hey guys, great session! <laughs> <laughs> no! Come on, Smithers, I have the coronavirus. Uh, and first cast Incorporated recognizes that coronavirus is a deadly disease that has affected the lives of millions and that has taken loved ones away and we do not think it is a funny laughing matter. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's good for our legal team. What do you team. mean? <laughs> do you Ryan, mean? were you serious about Undertale? Were you serious about Undertale? No, I never played that shit. <gasps> no! Wait, no, no, no. We actually have to pause there, because if you're serious about calling Undertale shit, we're going to have an issue. <laughs> I'm not saying shit. I'm saying I never played that shit. Um, you've never played that masterpiece. Sure. Correct yourself. What 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 game actually would you recommend to the fine folks out there? Well, I mean, I've been playing this little game called uh, One Step from Eden, which is pretty fun. Woo! Uh, well, I'm going to like... guess that it's an hour-long RPG with anime <laughs> characters in it. Well, you're right. It does have like <laughs> anime-looking characters. Okay. Uh, I, I honestly don't know how long it is. It's um, it's so it's like it reminds me of like an arcade game in some ways, where it's like. You know, you die, you go all the way back mm. to the beginning, and like, it, it takes the battle system from the Mega Man Battle Network games. Oh, like, yes, you you, you had a com community post about this, I remember. Yeah. And there's like- What's it called, Ryan? One Step From Eden. By okay. the way, what the hell was that Dragalia Lost video all about? <laughs> I just signed into the game one day and I saw that there was a dog. I'm like, ah! That's wholesome I, content. Yes. Yes, it is. Shut up. Let me have it. Oh shit, I've seen this game on Steam, actually. Uh, somebody recommended it to me. Yeah. Um, but like every single like every single time you start a new path, like the path is randomized. Uh, mm. you, you start off with like four or five like set cards um, to use, and then like every round you got you got to pick like one one out of three cards. And again, like those are random every time. So it's like it's 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 kind of addicting. Like I'm I've I've been playing it while you guys were talking. I'm actually playing it right now. Okay. Oh my goodness it's, gracious, Ryan. It's, Paying it's attention like, to I, I was bored when Michael was talking about an RPG <laughs> that wasn't Golden Sun. You were you were talking about like a bug's life or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a bug's life. Ryan, I think you need I think you need to put the pointy cap on and sit in the corner. <laughs> Ryan, the fuck put down the video game and mom. listen to Papa. Ryan, no. don't you dare talk back to him. 
Ryan? <laughs> I'll do whatever the fuck I want. No, no swearing. Ryan, <laughs> watch your mouth. No. Listen to Papa Exo. You know what I'm gonna do the entire time, Ryan? Uh, What's that? When you're talking, I'm gonna play with my rock collection. <laughs> Go ahead and play and with you your rock Hanox is currently writing a Steven Universe fanfiction <laughs> with his rocks. I have, some, I have some rose quartz here. It's uh, actually perfectly in the shape of a... Uh, what would you call it? A dodecahedron? It, really? looks, it looks like a pink diamond, is what it looks like. Spo spoilers. I have some... Anox, hey, tell here. us about it. Yeah, I can actually. I have a, a magnetic rock that actually has a um, paperclip on it, which is kind of interesting. Really? I have uh, some hummus. Pumice? Pumice. It's well, not hummus, it's pumice. It comes in a, a kind of like a clicky lock container, which mm. makes it feel secure. Yeah. And, uh, you can tell it's genuine because I do have cards from here. It says, this is a snowflake obsidian. Obsidian is a type of natural gas. Its main component is quartz. Did you know obsidian's main component was quartz? I know obsidian I know is the people who make a game. Ah, Ryan, good one. A gamer reference, a even. Ryan, <laughs> yes. continue, continue your boring-ass game discussion, huh? I mean, I'm kind of more <laughs> infatuated by your rocks. No, I'm more infatuated by what you have to say. That's because just Ryan wants to get his so rocks. Somehow, I mean, yes! this, this, this podcast is a train wreck. This podcast is a train wreck. But somehow, it, it has yet to reach that point where it's the worst one we've ever done yet. So let's, let's keep it up. My, Ryan, Ryan, can you please talk about One Step to Eden? <laughs> can someone, can you guys please talk about Sonic Heroes? <laughs> can you guys oh, please no, well, talk about your quarantine? First, let me tell you about this red underwear that I'm, re that I'm wearing right now. Okay. Is it now, like, stained a little bit? <laughs> oh, this is, this is a new pair. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I've been stained. wearing the same thing for, like, a couple days. Nobody's gotta Ooh, smell nice. my things. <laughs> Anyways, Ryan, <laughs> just talk about One Step from Eden a little more. Sure, Why would you recommend it? What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? Why would you I recommend heard, it? I heard, what did you, and then you cut out. <laughs> he wants to know. He wants you to talk more about the game. Yeah, why wow. would you recommend it? I would recommend- I mean, it, well, mm, if you like the Battle Network games, I'd say uh, go for it. Or if you just like arcadey, like, action games that are, like, really fast-paced, I'd say so. That's like a lot of like tongue-in-cheek references to Nintendo games. Like there's this one spell that you get called like Entangle and like its logo literally is just the Deku Shield from Ocarina of Time. Oh. <laughs> there's a spell fun. that you get that's literally called like PK Fire. Oh. That is cheeky. Phi yeah. Kappa Fire. Like it's a lot of like those kind of things. Like, like there's this one that you get called like a Link Cable and it looks like the Game Boy Advance's Link Cable. I'm like, ah, that's cute. So. Uh, is is Did there you say a that out loud? is there is there an attack called the Pog Champ? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Michael. <laughs> no, there's an attack called Undertale shit. <laughs> All right, I love the the contrast between Ryan talks about a game versus EXO. EXO goes on this very long diatribe, very detailed, and Ryan just says, "Yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess. Huh? If you like this game, check it out." So, yeah. King K, yeah. <laughs> please take the focus away Wait, from Ryan. Wait, no, 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 Ryan, Ryan, where can we find One Step to Eden? We're not, we're not through with you yet. Oh, Don't sure. you dare you go back it, to your game. Uh, well, you could either, well, I mean, I, I've been on my game, so. You can find it on Steam, and you can also find it on the Nintendo eShop. 
I think the price oh. is a bit steep though. I think it's like twenty-five dollars for the I think for the kind of game oh, that it is, it's pretty steep. <laughs> but I mean yeah. it's still like it's a lot of fun. It's like there's a lot of replay value. There's like and unlockable characters and shit like that, really hard bosses. It's really good. Ryan, while we have you on the phone and your attention <laughs> is with us, I, I do have to say he put Ryan put out a good video about Majora's Mask. It's like a uh -huh. love letter to the game. So you should Margarine's definitely watch mask. it. It's pretty good. I I watched it twice already. Really? It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I did actually. Dang. The first time. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan. You know, I support you. I appreciate it, Haydox. I support All you right. too. King Bug K. Champ. I'm going to look in your general direction and wave, indicating that it is now your turn to discuss a quarantine game. All right. Uh, most of every, <laughs> pretty much the only thing I've been playing is Animal Crossing. So that's all it's I can. It's a good game. One for the boys in the back. Well, I have been playing other things, but they're not exactly relevant. Oh. But maybe we can talk about those later. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, mean I, I didn't I've just say been that. Playing, right. I've been what do you mean? We'll get to that when we get to it. Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's my first one. Really? So. You didn't play New Leaf. You didn't play City well, Folk. I played a day of New Leaf. Does that count? Uh, <laughs> no, I I guess not. <laughs> I feel like. Well, maybe. You 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 touched it. You touched New Leaf. I touched New Leaf. You've yeah. sampled it. Yeah, that's feels a like, good. It feels like a fever dream in my memory, but I touched mm. it. So this might as uh, well be my only one that I've played. King K has, uh, well, at least for the first couple days that he had it, he did like this, like a video, not a video diary. He did like a diary on Twitter, following all of uh, his days so far, and like the the first day was really wholesome, and then the second one was just me running around or some shit. Like I brought him a ladder, but <laughs> the most insidious thing I did, because I wanna I wanna bring this up on the podcast of what I did. Because I got the game, like, uh, as soon as it came out, and I time-traveled like a scumbag to get the ladder early. So I went around to all these newbie islands, and I, I, I would bring my ladder and go up to the upper levels and steal the fossils. <laughs> and, like, all the flowers then come down with my ladder and be like, Oh, do you need a ladder? Here's a ladder! And then I'd leave. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, this this is in game design what we call toxic play. <laughs> <laughs> Just scamming people out of it. But uh, as your first Animal Crossing game, I'm interested to hear, like, I don't know, how long has it been? Uh, a week and a half? Yeah, about. I got it on not last Friday. Friday before. So mm. about... Um, I like it. Tell us about it. <laughs> I don't know what to, like, I feel like Animal Crossing is very self-explanatory. I don't really know what to say about it. Okay, well, oh, yeah. I have a question I then. Like, I, okay. I was, I was kind of kidding earlier when I said that these games are fundamentally the same as they've always been. Uh, but I, I am genuinely curious, like, what is different about this that justify- Because it's like, what about this besides the HD graphics that makes it no, any I'm not different? I'm not able to answer that. I'll, I mean, I'll take that, that one. Pass the ball. So, Haydox and Ryan. 
This cause... one in particular has like actual like it starts you out with like goals. Like it sets you because like with the other games, it's just kind of like you talk to everybody, and then from there you just have to pay your loans. But from here, it's like uh, you know you get on your island, you ha you put down everyone's tents, and then you have to like you have things to work towards. Like you have to try to get more people to come in to your mm. island so you can get KK to perform a concert. Right. Uh, you got to build like a town hall, like just a lot of stuff that you got to do. And um, it, it like before you could like get like the good stuff. The big thing that they were pushing with this game was the whole terraforming aspect where you can like make your own cliffs and waterfalls and stuff. But in order to actually get to that point, you're going to have to like clear out some objectives first. Like you actually have to like do things. It's not just it, given to you like in the other. There's games. a campaign in this one. There's like a main yeah. quest. Yeah. And once okay. you your reward for finishing the quest is getting terraforming. Um, Like your main goal is to basically improve your deserted island to such a point that it is suitable enough for KK Slider to perform. And like you have to you have to sell yeah, land for villagers. <laughs> I I I I don't know what that's a reference to, Michael. But I had my serious cap on, and that meant no joke. So I'm a bit disappointed. Uh, anyways, you you like um you have to when at the beginning uh there's a crafting system now. So like uh whereas before it was mainly about like living in an island. Now it's about developing an island, like. You have a uh, resource gathering, you chop down trees, uh, you hit stones to get stones and iron, you collect tree branches to craft tools, and with the added durability system, now you're incentivized to like gather materials because like you can't just buy a couple tools and be fine. They're going to like keep breaking and breaking. Um, so there, there's very much like a progression system in this one that it, it makes it like um it makes it so you want to keep coming coming back every day at least uh as far as like the main main quest is concerned like before you really only had the museum to really keep you coming back like in in march or at certain hours to catch certain bugs or certain fish and you'd come to your town every day and dig up four fossils to donate but like there's there's a substantial amount of like new stuff that you can gather and 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 like different things which makes it more engaging I'd say. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I um this I think a remarkable thing about this game for me is that I'm quite enamored with it, but I don't do what I do with most games where I just plow through it as fast as possible. This is like one of the few games where the f first day I got it, I played it for a couple hours and then didn't play it till the next day. Uh. But it was also like the next morning I was like super excited. And that's been like every day. Mm. And it's like every day I'll play like a couple hours of it in the morning. And maybe like go to somebody's house later or something. But I um, I think it's really the, the perfect game right now, given the circumstances, honestly. I was because just it, thinking like, that. It uh, somebody I was watching somebody talk about it yesterday and they described it as having control in a world right now where we don't have a lot of control in the real world, you know, like every part of your island you can customize and like 
live in and inhabit and like you can go outside you can catch bugs and like for people who cannot do any of those things uh it's a way for like self-expression for socializing and and that aspect of having some normalcy that i think like right now is important for a lot of people like the not not to get too sappy on this funny fun podcast but like <laughs> um i don't know the, the this whole pandemic has been pretty hard for me i i i'd like going outside going to the gym going to a coffee shop seeing my friends but like at the very least in animal crossing like i could call one of my friends on discord or through the phone and they'd come to my island i'd come to theirs and like we just like run around i'd buy stuff from their shops and we'd talk about like nothing for an hour uh or like several hours and you know it's it's fun for that reason it's a really relaxing kind of game right that's like that's I, it too i i'm one of those scum skates who fast forwarded in time mm-hmm. and um i um so i fast forwarded so i can get like my terraforming stuff because i like that's the thing that i really wanted to do and yeah. I spent like five hours, like I threw on a podcast and I just spent like five hours like building these three waterfalls to form a shrine just just because <laughs> they fucking can, you know? Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow, I actually made this. I just got to plant some flowers, get some trees on there and it'll look really cool. Oh, Ryan, we have to play. I want to come to your town. <laughs> it's not quite done yet, but um, it's something. Yeah. So I, I wanted to get terraforming really fast to get the penis island. I was going to make a penis island. I was just with... <laughs> So I think that the the real question then that comes to mind is I I I want to say that I read that this was like the high selling game in Japan for whatever month it was or something like that. Like it was it was it was performing really well. Two point five million units in like the first week, which is like beating Smash. Fucking amazing. Yeah. So my question is. Was Amiibo Festival a new Coke situation? <laughs> what? You, you aren't Do familiar you with the story mean... of New Coke, Ryan? I, I I am familiar with it, but what? Wh- okay, where are you I'll going explain. With this? So, for those who are unfamiliar, in the '90s, Coca-Cola came out with New Coke, which was a completely different recipe that supposedly tasted more like Pepsi, from what I understand. Um, and it was intended to replace Coca-Cola altogether. And then a bunch of people got really mad about it. So they brought back the original recipe as Coke Classic, which is why if you go buy Coke nowadays, it says classic on the can. Um, and sales for Coca-Cola Classic went up like exponentially. (laughs) Coke right now, so I'm checking my can. (laughs) Uh, so like a Coca-Cola Classic, um when they when they started selling it again the it the sales for it went up exponentially because they had created mm. an artificial demand for it through scarcity essentially and mm. what i'm wondering is like and there's some people who put their tinfoil hats on and say they they specifically made new coke because they were trying to basically sell back the old coke again with higher sales later um and i'm wondering if amiibo festival wasn't the same fucking thing I think Amiibo Festival was just Nintendo being stupid and tone deaf, especially like <laughs> I, how they were in that gener- like in that time period. Here's my tinfoil hat theory. I think that 
this this New Horizons game was probably originally supposed to be for the Wii U in some capacity. And like I think that at the point Amiibo Festival came out, it was like middle or late Wii U lifespan. So it was around 2015. Yeah, I I don't know in terms of like the Wii U sales history, but I my my tinfoil theory is that Nintendo saw that their this console was kind of declining, and they knew that they had the Switch in the works and everything. So I'm thinking that perhaps they they were like, okay, let's just use these assets in Amiibo Festival and also Animal Crossing Plaza. I don't know if you remember that for the Wii U. Yeah, I like, remember that. Uh, it was just a bunch of villagers that they had in, you know, high quality. So my my tinfoil hat theory is that they probably had some sort of Wii U prototype. They kind of moved to the Switch after. But that's where I think Amiibo Festival uh, came from. I'm not, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure uh, because, like, I mean, like, I, I, I specifically remember that E3 press conference when Amiibo Festival got announced. Like that's when they were like talking about the graph paper used in in Mario and uh, Super Mario Bros on NES. That's when they talked about making yeah. yarn Yoshi's and the material that went in there. Oh, here's a new Metroid game, Metroid Prime uh, Federation Force and Blast Ball. Uh-huh. Get fucked. I think it was just them being tone deaf and pulling themselves. Very <laughs> dark. That's the one guess... where they ended their. That's the one where they ended the press conference with a bunch of people like doing. Oh, look at me! I'm fucking Mario. Oh! I guess I just wanted to think that they were smarter. <laughs> no. 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 Can, oh, that's, that's what not, I'm saying Nintendo is fan that. Boys, Nintendo can be very stupid. I, I, very stupid. Maybe maybe it's like George W. Bush, where they pretend to be stupid <laughs> to lower your guard. <laughs> Never in a million years would I think that you would compare Nintendo to George W. Bush. <laughs> there you have it, folks. I, I do want to say something about this Animal Crossing game as like a diehard fan of New Leaf. I have some you know, hot I'm, takes as well. I, I have some hot takes. I cannot, I'll, I'll say my hot take and we can pass around the hot bong safely. Oh. We'll disinfect it first. <laughs> the, the first thing though is that I miss Main Street and I miss all of the special NPCs. Yeah. Like the Otter, I miss like... I miss Sabrina. I miss Red. Brewster is not in this game, which yeah, is just Red. baffling. Like, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no like painting part. Diving is gone, and I love diving. Like in New Leaf, that was so much fun. Um, and like, yeah, there are a couple new things to catch and everything, but like, all of the the stuff on the island seems to have been like nerfed. You know, like durians are gone, Parismians are gone. Uh, like, all the new fruit, perfect fruit are gone. Like, I, I loved making coffee with Brewster, and, yeah. like, all of these different things. Uh, like, there, there's, like, so much missing. And they said they're gonna add it maybe later on, but it's like... I don't know. It, it's a bit disappointing. What was that other game that came out recently that did... that said, oh, we'll add it later, and people... It was Pokemon, that was it. <laughs> Oh, the Ela Del Armor? Uh, With yeah. the Pokemon that looks like me? Yes. Uh, the, the, that <laughs> that weird, fucking died! The, the panda that looks like Grumpy Ducks. <laughs> Grumpy Chibo. Oh, that's Ryan. great. 
what are your hot takes, uh, Ryan and then King K? Uh, I hope Ryan doesn't uh, I mean, steal you, my hot you, take. <laughs> I mean, you, you've said a good portion of it right there. Um, yeah. But it's also, like... It, it, it does involve the crafting system. No, I don't steal it from me, Ryan. Don't you dare. <laughs> okay, alright. You could, you, could, you could have that. You can have that. Uh, then I then I would say like I think things are given to you way too slow. Mm. Um, like like I know when my sister was playing, and I was talking to my friends Jeb and Twip. Well, actually, no, I don't think Jeb's played yet, but I know Twip has. And they got to the point where you have three islanders that move in, but then Nook says, "Oh, well, they didn't want to stay in a tent, uh, so I promised them that I built them a house. Uh, can you like give them the materials and like build stuff for them?" Mm. When they got to that point, they dropped the game for a little bit. Well, I think Twip uh, just dropped it completely, but I know my sister dropped the game for a few days and then went back to it. Like, there's a there's a couple of moments oh. like that. And also, because, like, with the crafting system, uh, you know, you'll need, like, iron nuggets, for example, to, like, build some stuff. You get the iron nuggets by hitting the rocks, but what the rocks give you, it's going to be random. So you can go an entire day without getting the things that you need. Then it's kind of like a waste of a day. So, But then, in- I guess the only counterpoint I'd say is that at least you can go to the island... Which, like, has... You can have an opportunity to get more iron nuggets. Mm-hmm. Or you, or you like, can get spicy nugs. <laughs> okay. But you really... Right, anyways, Ryan, continue. Like, every, all your resources should be found at your island. Like, I think there should right. be, like, a reliable way to get things that you need to move forward. You know, like, that's also part of the reason why I wanted the time travels. Because, uh, oh, what's this? I wasted a day because I don't have any iron nuggets? Well, check next day. Nope. Next. Mm. So, I, so while I do appreciate how there are goals in this game now, how there's like actual objectives that aren't just like placed upon by the player, it it, it could have been done better. It could have been handled better. I think. Hmm. I anyways like yes. all of that stuff. I love Ooh. the crafting system. I mean, I do but, too. I just think there's problems. But. But. <laughs> there's one thing about the fucking crafting system that bothers me a lot. So, you get like all of these really cool recipes, right? You can make like fucking giant robots and shit, which I'm working towards right now. I'm like, how? Like, I bought the recipe to make a giant robot, and there's a bunch of stuff on yeah. there that I don't have, and I'm like, where do I get all this stuff? And it's really exciting. Yeah. Like, all this, you get DIY recipes like every fucking day. So, like, mm. there's always something new that I want to craft. There's always something new I'm working towards. But <sighs> the fact that you have to keep crafting your tools is infuriating. It is. It angers me <laughs> that <laughs> no, I, they, I like, say... this is not even a problem I had with Breath of the Wild. This is, like, your tools are, like, so... In Breath of the Wild, your weapons break and all that, and like, I get why people wouldn't like it, but in that game, you were getting weapons so often that I'm like, ah, it's not that big a deal. Like, you're getting weapons so often that I understand why, at least, because they wanted you to cycle through it, and whether people agree with it or not, I thought it was fun. In Animal Crossing, in Animal Crossing, it's like, your tools are just tools. Like... I don't understand why you can't just have a permanent set of tools, because having right. to keep running back to your goddamn crafting table to make more tools after they break after hitting, like, 20 trees is fucking annoying. 
because I don't want to have to keep like your inventory is limited. I don't want to have to keep getting the fucking wood out of my house storage to just so I can build That's a fucking bad. shovel. And the way you have to do it is you have to build a regular shovel and then an upgraded shovel. Yeah. And you can't select the quantity of a, like the quantity of what you're crafting. You have to do one by one. Mm. You cannot like press a little number and make you craft like five shovels with all the materials that you have. You yes. just keep spamming yes. A. It's the like and that's usually not a problem, but when I when I need to craft a bunch of tools that I can keep in my storage so that I don't have to keep running back to craft the tools that I need to make cool DIY recipes. It's so annoying. And they break so fuck. They break like every day because you're using them so yeah. much. In Breath of the Wild, though, like in that game, it even tells you when your weapon or your shield yeah, is going to break. Yeah, that's the other thing. It warns you. And this game is like, nah, man, just just get. And like in in, in like Wild World and in, in New Leaf, when you have like the normal axe, if you use it too much, the axe will begin to crack. Like it would tell, mm -hmm. like it would show you that the thing was getting damaged. But in here, there's nothing. It's just you're, you're rolling the dice every time, unless you're keeping count. And the other thing that's annoying, adding on to that, is that once you get the golden tools, they can break too. Yeah, the fucking which, golden tools can break. What the fuck? It's, it's like, you once you get to that point, at least have them be unbreakable. Like, I, it, it just like, it, it, I don't know, and it's just the, the thing is that the UI is so clunky. You have to run over to the crafting bench, which, like, in Minecraft, which has like durability and blah blah blah, you can make a crafting bench at any time. You like, there's wood usually all around, and it's simple. You plop it down, one click, you're instantly in the menu. But here, you have to run over to the crafting bench, you have to open up the menu. And then, do you want to customize or do you want to craft? And if you're making like tons of fish bait, it's just a a a a a a a a a a a a a and you could have like full manila clam inventory. It's so annoying. And you can't run around without any tools. Because then you might miss something. Like, you if your slingshot breaks and you don't have the materials, and then a balloon passes by, you you you're gonna you might be like shit out I'm of luck. I'm trying to figure out, like, why I like I understand why the tools break if there are upgrades. Like, because I didn't even know there were gold tools. But if the gold mm. tools also break, then I just don't understand what's going on here. Because if the gold tools I, I didn't break, I could at least understand why it exists, even if I hate it. But if they break too, then I seriously do not understand the point of the system. Just like yeah. how royal swords break. Well, those those I can I don't understand like that in because the they're either, such high. For the record, <laughs> I I. I like it in Breath of the Wild because it's like there's such high damage and there's so low durability that it's like it doesn't want to I think Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild needed a an, a high upgrade thing that didn't break for when you're late game. The Master Sword. Well, it, yeah, it does technically break his charge. <laughs> yeah. And that I, st I still think that that's a big problem with that system is that those you do not eventually work your way up to a weapon that doesn't break, which is a problem. I never, I, my Hylian shield never broke in Breath of the Wild. Mine broke once. Hmm. Was, once. was it like, did you use it on Guardians a lot? Is yeah, that what yeah. happened? Okay. All right. I didn't do that too much. Yeah, it, it takes a beating to get it down, but yeah, it can still break. But at least I, in Breath I of the Wild, mind. I get it. And it works for me for the most yeah. part. In Animal Crossing, it just does not, like, 
The thing I want to do with my materials is craft a bunch of cool furniture and like right. um, clothing and stuff so I can send it to my friends mm -hmm. and wear different shit. But like, I'm I'm crafting tools more than I'm crafting all this cool shit because I'm using all these like, mm -hmm. it's almost like a cruel feedback loop too because you're using the tools to get wood and shit. And then like 25% yeah. of the shit you get in a day you use on your fucking tools because they're breaking all the time. Yep. Alright, the other thing, you mentioned friends, and, you know, complaining about Nintendo and online is kind of like, whatever, but like, there's some of this, like, that the online system is kind of whack. Like, I don't think you can send letters to people who aren't your best friends, and like, to have people be your best friend, they have to come to your island first. You can't like go on your friends list and send them a message of like a code or like a best friend request without them coming. So it's like, you have to go uh, on a system outside and be like, here, come to my island, it's open, here's the dodo code, and then make them best friends, and then you can send them like in-game messages. And then when you go to the airport, those fucking dodos are like, Sir, would you, uh, would you like to fly first class or second <laughs> class? Would you like some apple juice and some wine? How about some cheese? Here's five menus to go online. And it's like, just have it be where I talk to you. There's two menus. Online, online host or online join. You click it and there's all the games available. Or you host and it's, like, it just loads it. I don't need to keep, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, my best friends, would you like, da, da, da. It's so, it's such a hassle. Ugh. Ugh, gamer rage. All that said, though, I love this game a lot. It's very good. It's pretty great. It's definitely I mean, a highlight I'm still of playing it, like, so there's something it's doing yeah. right. Like, right we off the bat, like, with this fucking quarantine shit, like, I had three games that, that have been keeping me occupied. And I already talked about two of them. Ooh. Is it my turn to talk about a game? No, it's the chat's turn. Alright, chat, what was the game you <laughs> played during your quarantine? Because I'm actually- I'm actually a cam boy, and I, I'm on- I'm on Twitch right now, and I'm, like, half-naked. He's an e-boy. Ryan! So, everybody, uh, check out the description for Ryan's OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> Michael just found out what that was yesterday. Uh, no, I found out about when that iDubs controversy came up. <laughs> Why don't we talk about that on the podcast? <laughs> Yeah. I I wanna talk about a game I've been playing. Ready? This this, this would yeah. be the first time that Hadox has ever talked about a game on this podcast. <laughs> the Get first ready, time everybody. ever. I it's like that Logan Paul video where he opened like it's like the first Your time feet. I saw colors. <laughs> <laughs> he puts them on, he starts crying. Guys. This is the first time I'm gonna talk about a video game on the Unfirst cast. <laughs> Alright, go on. It's tell us Civilization about Honey Pop 5. Civilization 5. I I never thought I would enjoy like a strategy game that wasn't anime, but here it is. Um we uh like so Civ I, have any of you played Civ before? No. No. Are you aware of what it is? 
Like, it's, it's like the Age of Empires, but Gandhi will nuke you, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, like, uh, you, you're, you're a civilization, and you, uh, you start out with a capital, or, or with a settler, and you have to, like, make a capital. Uh, there's a bunch of tiles which have different resources, like food and production. You make lumber mills, you make, like, uh, factories, you make, uh, mines, you make farms. You grow your empire, and there's, like, several different win conditions, right? So you can either play with, like, AI or your friends. So there's, like, domination, so you take over the entire map, kill everybody else. Or there's, like, a science victory, which is more passive and stuff. But there's all these different conditions for winning. And it's, like, very, very... Not very, very complex, but somewhat complex, like, a empire building thing uh but i've been playing it with like a lot of my friends and uh we have like this intense game we played for 20 hours in like a week of like yeah we're uh we're like so the game right now it, it started out with my friend like he, he wiped this other player off the map immediately, and we're all like, yeah, he's peaceful, he's not gonna come after us. So now it, it transformed into us, like, waging a war against this one guy, and, like, it's really fun to mobilize your army, and, like, the best thing is when you're taking turns uh, and during wartime, it's sequential turns, so you just hear... <laughs> just, like, people typing on their keyboards, like... <laughs> Is it, is it your turn next? No, it's, it's still my turn. I love it. It's really good. Oh, uh, I, it's, oh, my headphones dropped. Uh oh, no, no, no. Don't say anything mean about me. My headphones dropped. <laughs> Hadox no. is a twink. Smell. Oh, okay. Hadox okay. doesn't edit videos. Well, uh, not yet. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you've been saying for months. <laughs> you, Shut up. Okay, so. Alright. Who's turn Anyways. Is it? Well, on. Hold on. Hold on. I want to say one more thing about this. If you have like a... I would never play this game by myself. I know it can be fun by yourself, but like... In terms of keeping like some social ability with people... Like, it's pretty fun to get on and play hey Civ and I've you know. always wanted to play it, so we should play it together. <gasps> yeah! Yes, yes, yes! 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 Okay. Anyways, before I, before I hand the baton... Before I hand the baton, I want to address Michael's comment because Michael was very mean to me there when he said I didn't edit. <laughs> and I'll have him know I edited for 1.44 minutes yesterday. <laughs> and today, well, I'm going to make that a clean two minutes. Just you wait. I believe in you, Haydox. Thanks, man. I've edited like an hour long video within like a week. So. Hey, hey, you want to know what I think of you? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, his channel has been muted. We're going to continue with our <laughs> podcast. Um, so the next, I believe it is my turn next, right, Ryan? Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> right, Ryan. <laughs> so it's my turn now, and Haydox is still muted, so I can't hear what he's saying. Um, so the next game we gotta talk about, we gotta talk about Rip and Tear until it mm -hmm. is done. Oh, yeah. It's, it is time to talk about Doom Eternal. Um, Which okay. Michael just, can I just say, Michael is the true MLG gamer. 
He got me Doom Eternal because I told him I was sad. <laughs> and that was like the nicest thing anybody has ever done for me in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so... Hadox is unmuted now because he said something nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, King, so, King K and Ryan, have you guys played Doom Eternal yet? No, actually, I haven't even played the first I'm doing Doom yet. Right now is playing original Doom, so I never got through it all. Oh shit! Ninety three Doom or Doom no, 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 like Doom twenty sixteen original Doom is what I mean. Like, uh, I haven't even played okay. that one yet. I, I haven't so. finished Doom twenty sixteen. So, I figured mm. now would be the time, because everybody talks about Eternal, and I kind of want to get that. But, figure I should finish 2016 well, I mean, first. I tweeted about this, but my entire timeline has been nothing but Animal Crossing, pretty much. Well, Liam's into Doom, so... Oh yeah, I mean, Liam and Trav are like the Doom that, the That's Doom where guys, I get most of so my Doom information. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, so we're Doom 2016. Uh, I don't know about you, King K, or Haydox, but I think it's probably mm. one of the best games ever made. Um, just Doom 2016? Yes. I've only played a little bit mm. of it, so I don't know. <laughs> I I wouldn't say, for me, it's up... I wouldn't... Well, are you talking about, like, right now, after Doom Eternal, or before Doom Eternal? At the very least, before Doom Eternal. It's up there as, like, the best FPSs, but, you know, not my favorite game of I all I mean, time. it's not even necessarily my favorite FPS, mm. but, like, just in terms of, like, sheer design, I feel oh, like... Oh, yeah, it's, it's very, 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 very good. Like, 9.5 out of 10, easy. Like, what I you, can it, say it, it is, is the bit I've played of it, it has probably some of the most satisfying gunplay I've ever, like... Yeah. It, <laughs> when yeah. people say rip and tear, I guess they're not kidding, because it feels like you're fucking... It feels good, and it's really it's it feels really like fast you're fucking. <laughs> what a like, tagline! Moving around all the fucking time. There are secrets everywhere. It's like really like it's really engaging at like all times. Mm. I yeah. love how that game came out the same day as Animal Crossing, and there's like a bunch of Doom yeah. Animal Crossing crossovers. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. Um. Yeah. So and and what what was so great about Doom 2016? And I think I said this when in an earlier podcast i don't remember which one is that it feels like a marriage of old school fps's with like metroid prime um mm. and and ratchet and clank as well it's there's like a lot of i mean it's like not necessarily the most original game in the world but in terms of like the way it took this kind of aging franchise and kind of reinvigorated it and reinvented it for you know, modern gaming sensibilities, while also sort of distancing itself from kind of what has become the standard for FPS gameplay, which is like you go behind cover and you take shots and you you switch between two weapons, you know, like the Halo Call of Duty formula. Um, like in terms of distancing itself from that and showing that, yes, this this kind of old school arcade FPS kind of design can work still in modern day. Doom 2016 pull all that off flawlessly. It has pretty much like a fantastic narrative, which is about as good as it realistically could have been for what they were going for. It has beautiful graphics that run exceptionally well at 60 FPS at all times. It has lots of flavor text and codex entries you can find to learn about the world and sort of, you know, like, it, it fulfills that engagement type is the point. There are 
There are tons of optional challenges you can play that feed into the weapon upgrade system. You can upgrade your suit. You can explore the map mm. as much as you want. There, There's platforming, which I know there's some people who don't like first person platforming, but I actually like can't get enough of it. I don't know why. I do too. I love that. I In Doom 2016 and in Eternal, which you'll get to, but like I love that. I love dashing and like the the climbing and everything uh, it's really One fun thing about 2016 from the first few hours so maybe it gets better but it feels like his jump height is a little like i feel like i'm undershooting my jumps a lot and it kind of gets like there's a level where i i felt like i could make a jump and like it just like his jump is so pitiful right now that like i just kept mm, yeah. undershooting shit that but... is something that improves in the fourth level okay actually think, the yeah. fifth level yeah, you get a yeah. double jump, which is basically just the space jump from Metroid Prime. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so Doom 2016, fantastic game. Absolutely loved it. It's probably in my top 10 favorite games. Uh, hmm. and, um, now, so Doom Eternal was like the one game I was like really looking forward to last year. Um, this was before I played Astral Chain in Luigi's Mansion 3. Because before that point, Kingdom Hearts 3 was my go GOTY. And thank God I played something better. Um, <laughs> Jeez, shut up! <laughs> good man, good man. Um, Ryan out here clapping I'm in the back. At that. <laughs> well, I mean, of course you are. Because you're, you're the Kingdom Hearts apologist too. of our group. But we're going to be talking no, about doing I'm with, I stand with King K. It makes it sound bad. <laughs> I stand united. <laughs> well, I mean... You, I've seen your tweets, is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Jeez, Michael. <laughs> Holy shit. Get him! Get him, Exo! Get him! Get him, get him, get him, get him, get him! You're so it's brutal. okay, I have good taste. <laughs> okay, so Doom Eternal unfortunately was delayed, so it did not come out last year. Um, and it's probably a good thing because like the game the game that we got is feels pretty polished and complete, so it was probably mm. worth the wait, but um, I, I mean, so, first of all, I mean, like, in terms of being a Doom 2016 sequel, it's pretty much what I expected. Like, all the same systems are back, the level design follows a similar philosophy while being distinct from 2016, and there's more visual variety as well, in terms of the locations you go to. Even Can though I say, uh, about the level design piece, no, I mean, you're gonna get into this, because you are our system designer here, <laughs> but, like... Um, I, I like how in this one, whereas before in one of my complaints with Doom 2016 is a lot of the level design was like, they just close off an area and they'd like put you in an arena and you'd have to kill a certain number of monsters to get through. But like, I, I enjoy the, the level design in this one a bit more. It's like, it, it differentiates from that, like a lot more with the encounters that you have. Yeah, I mean, the game is still, like, it still has, like, dedicated combat yeah. encounters yeah, yeah, that yeah. you find, and you can't progress until you finish them, so it's like... Uh, but, but I suppose like there are more... seems like there's less of it. I, I didn't feel that way, but there are more, mm. like, micro-encounters you find in between those, I guess. Right. right. Um, and there's more... The platforming is definitely better in this, like, you mm. have the... You have, the dash mechanic is the single biggest improvement over 2016, in my opinion. Like, the dash mm. is so much fun to use in this game. 
Um, it, it, it's it's one of those mechanics that is good, you know, whether you're using it for platforming or combat or just for going faster. It just feels good to use. Um, so that's, that's the one thing I can definitely say I really like about this game over 2016. Um, the music is on par with 2016. Uh, Mick Gordon was is back and he's got his, you know, kind of uh, sci-fi industrial thing going on that's that's still just as badass and fits Doom like a glove. Um, I can't wait for the soundtrack to come out in CD so I can buy it, so that's, that's a good sign, usually. Um, but... <sighs> There's something about this game that isn't quite grabbing me as much as Doom 2016, and I'm not sure what it is. Uh, and I don't know if you can relate, Haydox, because uh, it sounds like you prefer this Eternal over 2016. Um, one of the things that I noticed is that, like, one of... I, I don't... I, I like the, the story presentation in Doom 2016 a lot, where, like... You know, a lot of the story you can just breeze through if you really want to. It rarely, like, forces you to watch a cutscene or something. And oftentimes, like, Doom Guy is just sort of sick of it. You know? <laughs> he He's like, he goes up to, like, uh, Samuel Hayden is like, We need that Argent Source. Don't destroy it or anything. Just disable it. And he punches it. We're going and to remove the lens carefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then and then he just fucking punches it. Um, but in this one, it's like they develop Doom Guy a lot more. Um, not I don't want to spoil anything, but like there's more cutscenes w- which are third person, and like it 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 just like I I don't mind it. You know the story is fine, but like. Whereas before, it, it was like, you know, um, it was like the first invasion of hell, and like, uh, well, how am I describing this? I don't want to spoil anything for King K. <laughs> um, but it, it seems like the world is very, very, very developed in Doom Eternal. Like, it does the thing that Lost Season 2 did, which is like, it explained everything about the island, like, and and a lot of the fun about the island was the mystery of it. Like, uh, it, w- are these actual and we demons? We all know how good J.J. Abrams is at paying <laughs> off on these mysteries. But did you did you get this by the way, Michael? Like, before in Doom 2016, there was a lot of like mystery. Yes. And it was like, you you didn't know who Doom Guy was, and like. You sort of have that at the beginning when you see people, which threw me off guard, and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that, like, honestly, you can't just fire a laser into the surface of Mars. You can't just fire. <laughs> you can't just shoot a that hole scene. in the I surface of Mars. <laughs> and then, yeah. the objective, shoot a hole in Mars. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was badass. I mean... Honestly, I did there's, find there's moments like that. I did find like the parts where like he meets like a real human being and they're just like, "Whoa, it's the Doom Slayer." To be a little indulgent, yeah. honestly. Uh but there, the the joke the joke of like mortally challenged, I do not find that funny I, at all. I you know what? I don't either. It it was funny as the first an offhanded time. comment in the first yeah. game when yeah. it was just like 
you know, the cultists sort of saying, they're not so bad. But when they keep saying it over and over again, and even the people who hate the demons are calling them mortally challenged for some reason, and it doesn't even make sense because they aren't immortal. So, yeah. it, you know, like, the more that they said it, the less funny and more annoying it got for me. Like, they're fucking demons. Just call them demons, or... Because the other thing is, the joke is about corporate doublespeak. And, like, yes. when when they do it so much, it, it really takes away from the fact that, like, the, the whole message of Doom 2016 is about, like, how bad capitalism is. That's one of the readings, you know, like, or yeah. not how bad capitalism is, uh... Like, over overuse uh, and exploitation of resources can lead to, like, destruction, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, part but of what like, made the narrative so compelling, at least for me, it was just that... I liked the, sort of the narrative tension of... Like, that there was, like, a compelling reason why they chose to mess with Hell. Because they yeah. were trying to solve an energy crisis. And then, in the end, a decision is made that maybe is not a good decision, but makes sense for that character to come to that decision. Whereas, I'm not really right. getting a lot of that. Like, it seems like with Doom Eternal, they're focusing more into fleshing out the Doom Slayer's backstory. Which is fine. Yeah. But it's not, in my opinion, I mean, I haven't finished the game yet. I'm about... And you, I'll bring up another interesting observation later, but it's, I'm on this level where you're getting a Crucible. Uh, uh -huh. so if you've played the game, you know where, whereabouts that is, and it's, so mm. maybe it, it changes, but it's just, I personally, I don't find the narrative in this game as interesting as 2016. It doesn't have, like, the energy crisis angle, it doesn't have, like, and the visuals in the story aren't as strong either, in my opinion. Like, uh, mm. Doom 2016, the setting, like, you're on Mars, and everything is disheveled, and it has, like, this sci-fi grunge look to it. And, you know, you you have, like, the visuals of, like, the cultists in the basement of the Lazarus Labs. And, you know, uh, Olivia Pierce looking like a skeleton at all times. And a lot of that isn't here. And instead we get angels, I guess. Mm. Or they're called makers, but they're, they're supposed to be like that. And it's... The Sentinels were more interesting as a background mystery in 2016. Exactly. Than they are as a focus of the plot. It's kind of like the Forerunners in Halo, or it's like the less you know about them, the more effective they are as a storytelling element. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that uh, many people will disagree, which is fine. But, yeah. And I mean, of course, I, the ending of the story could be really fantastic, I don't know, but I have a feeling I know where it's going. And If the final boss is what I think it is, <sighs> it, because you know that's that's what's really weird about Doom Eternal as well is that with Doom 2016 it felt like they were kind of going out of their way to distance themselves from Doom 93 and Doom 2 mm. and those games and try to like remake the franchise into something new for the modern era like the so design Doom guy doesn't have his rabbit yeah I mean yeah well I mean there's actually a reference to the rabbit in Doom Eternal, but that's kind of part of the problem that I'm getting into, is that they had, like, the Mancubus in Doom 2016 had, like, one eye and looks completely different from the Mancubus from Doom 2. <laughs> then you play mm -hmm. Doom 2, and now all of a sudden the Mancubus looks like the Doom 2 design again, for some reason. 
and the... I mean, the, there's a lot more variation, which I like, in the enemies. Like, there are more of them, but in terms of yeah. the system's design perspective of, like, how they behave, a Dread Knight is fundamentally the same as a Hell Knight. It just is yeah. more of a bullet sponge, and it has swords. Right. And mm. a Baron of Hell is essentially the same thing, except it's even more of a bullet sponge, and it can throw fireballs. Right. So it's... And, and it's, so it's like, for some reason, like, the health packs have to look like the little vials of blue potion from Doom 1 and Doom 2. The soldier zombie guys have to look like the ones from Doom 1 and Doom 2, even though the design from Doom 2016 was far more visually interesting for the zombies. You know, it's like, for some reason, we're, like, going backwards, and it has to look more like the old games, and I don't know why they, they decided to do that. And the bunny is an excellent example of that. Like, there's just... A portrait of Doom Guy with the bunny in the game for some reason. Which is like fine, it's like a little one-off gag, but it's like indic it's kind of like how uh Sonic Lost World, every all the enemy designs had to look like the classic games for some reason. Even though mm. they really don't have to. But it's it's like it seems like it's there because it's nostalgic and not because it it's necessarily a good design. If that makes sense. I feel like you see mm. this happen with a lot of revivals where like the first project will be like, we're reinventing everything. We're trying new stuff. And then it takes off in a way nobody expected it to. And I think it's safe to say that it happened with Doom 2016. I, I distinctly yes. remember people going into Doom 2016 and not thinking much of it until it came out and everyone was like, wow, this is really great. And then, so I, I think it was probably a surprise success. And when whenever that happens, I can't think of distinct examples, but I know this has happened before, where you get the sequel and then it becomes much more indulgent because they're like, they know it works now and people are gonna buy it and people like it. So they're gonna like, they're gonna be more indulgent. They're gonna put in more stuff from old games to like satisfy the fans of it that are in there now. That's like, that's Sonic. I guess it is like Sonic, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, except when it's not like Sonic. Because <laughs> like, it's a, both. A, yeah. I, uh, I just feel like, I feel like Mega a lot Man of 11? franchises do that whenever there's like a, they want to revitalize interests. So they try something new. And then once the new thing has taken off, they're like, oh, we'll go back to being a little safe and indulgent. And like, I feel like that's just a trend. Mm. I feel like Super Mario 3D World could be like classified as that too. Like you had Galaxy, which was like something totally new. And then it was like, all right, we're just going to become like more indulgent about like Super Mario 3 and Super Mario World, you know? Bring less of Mario 2 in there for good measure. I think mm. fan service yeah. is a fine line you have to ride correctly, is probably what I'm trying to right. say. And I think, like, I if mean, you're doing it just for member berries, then that that's kind of where, and that's a lot of what a lot of the callbacks in twenty in Eternal kind of feel like. Like, there's no reason why the health pickups have to look like the little potions. Like, the mm -hmm. the signifiers that they used in Doom 2016 of like the little blue pluses were 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 fine. We didn't need the little vials back. That's actually a less effective signifier for what they're trying to do. Because it's, it's more ambiguous. Mention, I mean, like, 
as a contrast to Michael, uh, as somebody who does not put Doom 2016 on their Fagot list, like, you know, I played Doom Eternal, and, uh, I liked it. I liked the gunplay. You know, it was serviceable. Um, I mean, it, it might be different because you bought the game, Michael, but, like, you know, I, I played it, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is pretty good. You know, I, I wasn't crazy about it. And it didn't, like, blow my mind and keep me so engaged like the first game did. But, like, I enjoy the new upgrades. Like, you, you don't start out with a pistol this time, you just get the shotgun. Which I thought was good because I barely used that pistol in Doom 2016. And then, like, I mean, I it's, enjoy... it's just meant to be, like, a backup Yeah, weapon, but, it, but... It, it's still, like, a, a nice uh, differential, you know, like... All it means is that you have like fewer that. options. I don't know. You have a lot of options. What do you mean, like, you have fewer options, uh, you, though? I mean, like, before you had a pistol, and now you don't. Mm. Like, before you um, had, like, a weapon you could fall back on. I mean, it wasn't very useful for actually killing anything, so I, I yeah. personally did not use it to kill anything, but it's just, like, now that you just start with the shotgun and you don't have a pistol at all, it means that, because mm. like one of the one of the system's design changes that they did make is that they significantly nerfed the chainsaw. Whereas, whereas right. before the chainsaw, if you had like, as long as you had like a, a what is it called, a squib? What do you call it? Like the the fuel. As long as you had like one notch in the fuel bar, you could kill any demon with it, with and only expend one. Now. You need to have like multiple squibs in in the in the multiple notches on the bar in order to kill certain enemies, and then some enemies no, you it just was like it was like that before. Okay, well Doom maybe it was, but it seems like I every time I tried to kill an Arachnatron with the chainsaw, no matter how many squibs mm. I had, it just didn't work, and it just said mm. fuel not there. But then it's just like when you swing it when there's nothing in front of you, he swings it anyway, and it just works. It looks like it's working. So, like, in terms of communicating that, the UI UX of that is kind of poor, the ASF, I mean. Um, that's a sign- that's affordances, signifiers, and feedback for those who aren't in game design. So it's, like, confusing to the player, because it looks like the chainsaw is working, but then you walk up to the Arachnatron, you try to chainsaw it, and it just doesn't work. That actually annoyed the hell out of me when the game was starting. And then when I realized what they were trying to do with it, because, like, what they're trying to do with it now is the chainsaw is specifically just a tool for refilling your um, ammo during a combat encounter, which is fine, but not having the gratification of just slicing through a Hell Knight so you don't have to deal with it like I did in 2016. And right. now all you really have as far as that goes is the BFG which is fine, but the BFG is much harder to refuel than the chainsaw is. And, you know, and it's, mm. and it's like, people can say, well, like, the chainsaw makes it too easy, but it's, you know, like, in terms of a game design thing, the chainsaw is meant to be a high excitement weapon that is balanced by the tension of it only being able to be used a limited number of times, like an extremely limited number of times. So by removing that you've essentially removed the value of the weapon and now it's just a tool for getting ammo which it was before but now like the actual excitement of using it is gone completely because it only works on enemies that are so weak that you can just kill them with a shotgun anyway 
Did another thing is, did you notice like the different UI in this game? I'm not a, like a fan of the use of green. Well, you can change <laughs> the color. Oh, you can? Yeah. Oh shit. I, I changed I, I was it to not red. A fan. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's I like I've, I've done some UI work in Unity. Like basically how they do it is they all the actual graphics are like white and black and white yeah. and then they multiply it by a color to make it change color. Mm. Right. Uh, so yeah, and that's how it works in Doom Eternal. There's like a you can change that. Oh, interesting. Anyway, are you all set with your quarantine game, Michael? I, I was the one who was talking about Doom Eternal. I, I said, are you all set with it? Are you are you satisfied? It's a good game. Definitely, if you liked the last one, you will like this one. Almost certainly. Like, despite the chainsaw. And I, I think I hate the Marauders a lot. Uh, a lot of people evidently agree with me, but there are some people who push back. And we're like, if you know this specific strategy, you can kill them in five seconds. But it's just like... I feel like they move way too fast, and then they like spawn a ghost wolf, which is really bizarre, and then the ghost wolf moves too fast, so you have to kill it or it'll destroy you in five seconds, and I just hate them. I hate marauders. <laughs> uh, I didn't enjoy fighting them at all. Um, but then again, I've only met two of them, so maybe they'll get easier later. I don't know. And I, at least I have the BFG to like obliterate them. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good game. I don't. I I think I like 2016 more, but I we'll see when after I finish it. All right. Hmm. So yeah. Ryan. Ryan. Yes, dear. <laughs> uh, could you please talk about your video game? Okay. <clears throat> it was actually my most anticipated game of 2020. Believe it or not. Oh really? It's, uh, Fantasy yeah. Star Online yeah, it's two. Fantasy Star Online yeah. two. Yes. <gasps> I had a feeling. Aww. Yes. I had a feeling. Yes, it is. The weird thing about this is that it's still an open beta, and it's still like right now it's Xbox exclusive. It'll be coming to PC soon-ish. I hope it's sooner because I actually have a PC that's built. Cost me a thousand dollars. Woo! And I'm just waiting Damn. for the monitor to get in, so it should be here pretty soon. So, Ryan's becoming a PC um, gamer. I'm very proud. Uh-oh. First steps. Oh. Yanks and K. Now we just gotta get rid of your fucking private helicopter and you'll be all set. Is it still going off? No, 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 no. It's good. Oh, cool. Alright. So- You- you landed that baby hours ago. <laughs> yeah, it has- it has a tendency of, uh, coming back, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this- there's really only- one thing I don't like about PSO2, and like, let me just say like, everything, like it, it's living up to the hype so far. I've only put about like roughly 20 hours, cause like I'm, I'm juggling like three games at a time right now. Uh, so I only put like 20, like 20, 25 hours in. Um, and you know, keep in mind, you know, it's a game from like 2012, 2013. It's only just now being brought over to the West. Uh, it's a game that, that has been supported since 2012. So there's a lot of content to go through. Uh, there's like six episodes and I'm still on episode one and I still have no idea when I'm going to be finished with episode one. And I'm again, I'm almost 30 hours in at this point. So it's it's a beefer. Um, just, combat's that really just good. sounds like bad pacing, though. I mean, it's not the fault of the game. I mean, it's been supported for years. It's it's an MMO. But 30 yeah, I mean, hours Michael and you never haven't finished the first episode. 
You've never dabbled in Wizard 101, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, Wizard 101 is <laughs> basically Candy Crush, but <laughs> with Shut the, no, no, like no, 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 <laughs> Michael, Michael, no. It's it is a game Michael? designed to oh milk God, you no. out of your money. Michael, I've closed my curtain so I can yell at you about this. <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you are so wrong and so ignorant. Ryan, can you tell us the core gameplay loop of Fantasy Star Online? Because Pretty much, you go, like, you start out, like, you build your character, uh, which, mm -hmm. by the way, the character creation is really good. Like, it's really good. Uh, you pick your class, and you pretty much, you just jump in right there. It's a, it's like an action MMO. Um, so it's not like in Final Fantasy fourteen where, you know, you, you wait for a meter to fill, and then you attack or you, you perform an art. No, you, you do those attacks like on the fly. Uh, and at least with the class that I started out with, uh, I got like three weapons. I got like a sword, I got a gun blade, and I got like these little chain whip things. And like, you could switch them out. Like, like you'll be fighting someone with your sword. You, you press a button on the D-pad and then boom, you, you switch to like your gun blade and then do some more combos with there. And then you switch so, to your chain things. It sounds more like a hack and slash than an action RPG so far. So, I mean, I guess it, it does have some elements of a hack and slash. It kind of reminds me of, like, the, the weapon changing system and, like, you've seen, like, a Devil May Cry kind of game. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what it's like for the other classes, because I haven't dabbled in other classes yet. And that's the thing with this game is I still don't, like, there's still, like, a lot about it that I don't know. Um, But, like, you know, the gameplay is great. The game looks fine, you know, for it being, like, an old, old game. Uh, the one thing I don't like about it so far is that it feels as if the gameplay and the story that's in the game, they are literally separated by, by like two different things. Like you have all your gameplay stuff on, on one side and then you have all the cutscenes on another. And if and I think I'm at this point right now where if I want to get like the next chapter or like the next chunk of gameplay, I have to watch like a bunch of cutscenes. And these cutscenes, mind you, they, they're not lip synced properly. Uh, the mocap is really fucking weird. And the voice acting is pretty bad. <laughs> so this game has been in development for an eternity and it has... No, no, no. This game has came out in Japan. It was, it was Japan, China, and Korea exclusively for years. And it's only just now being brought over to the West. So they had all this time to make it, to polish it up for the West, and they didn't, is the point. Well, we don't even know how long they were working on this game, to localize it anyways. They kept saying, like, Sega of America kept saying, oh yeah, we'll look into it, we'll look into it, but they never did. We only just heard about this coming to the West last year at E3. Okay. So. Continue. Like, that's just the one, that's just the one thing I don't like about it, is it's, it's, if you could, like, experience the story, the, like, as you are playing the game... I think that would be a lot better. I don't like what they have right here because it's kind of a pace breaker. Where I'm sitting down, and I'm watching these cutscenes. They're they're spouting a bunch of jargon, and it's just like, well, I, I really want to get back to like jumping into like a, a pool and then like killing a bunch of monsters because that's fun. The combat is so fucking fun. It is fast paced, and then when you have like a raid that's going on, like there's this one raid where it's like literally just a giant fucking tank, and on top of that tank is like a giant robot and like the entire time it's like missiles just being thrown at you like this explosion's going around left right and sideways and you're in a lobby with like 15 people and like it doesn't fucking lag it stays at a constant 60 frames per second it is fucking crazy and it's really fun like when it's really fun it is so good and also i got like a sonic costume that's fun. 
Hey. I have a little Sonic mat. And it's cute. But Sonic in so. the 2010s is an embarrassing failure. I mean, not entirely wrong. Uh, right. Michael, Michael just like he reawoke his sonic spirit <laughs> on this <What>? cast. <laughs> on, the, on the whole, I'm I'm still loving Fantasy Star Online too, and I hope that more people get to play it when it comes out on PC. Like it, it's let's it's, play it. It's Dude, a lot of fun. It comes out on PC. I want to play it with you. Dude, I'm down. Also, about it is um, it 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 has cross saves and cross play. Ooh. So yes, that's that is very nice. That is something that yeah. I wish that, um, honestly, like, Bug Fables is on Switch as well. Mm. Um, and there are times where I really wish I could cross-play between Switch and PC, but... Mm -hmm. So you there's... could take a little bubble bath and play Bug Fables in the tub? <laughs> no, so I can take a shit and play Bug Fables. Ah. One, is, one is much less elegant. Um, yes, and it, he says as he lifts off from his helicopter. <laughs> but of course, no. there's, there's, God damn it. that's probably never gonna happen because Nintendo is, uh, less, like if it was Microsoft, that would definitely be a bit of a thing, or they'd be more inclined to do it, but Nintendo is not gonna do that. Well, they do have cross saves in Fortnite on the Switch. Okay. Like, Warframe. Yeah, Warframe 2. And Fantasy Star as well, like that game is also on Twitch. In oh. Japan. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they even, oh, like, when, when Breath of the Wild came out, they even uh, released, like, a, a Link costume for it. Ooh. So I kind of yeah, hope I... that comes to the West, too, like the Switch port. It's on, yeah. like, Switch and PS4 over there. I don't know why it's not on Xbox, or why it's on, only on Xbox here, but whatever. It's at least yeah, we have pretty it bizarre. You know what? I bet what it is is I bet Microsoft is the only reason it's coming to the West. You know what? If that's the case, then God bless Microsoft. Because I fucking love this game, yo. Hmm. Oh, fuck. Uh. Uh. I. Whoa. I just, like, went to another dimension there. Anyways. Oh, so sorry. You're, so you're, you're like the cat dimension. cider that went to another yeah. dimension. <laughs> King K. Well. Do you have a. A, a corner. Quaran. Quer. Quer. Quer a game? Nailed it. Um, Thanks. See, here's the problem. Other than Doom and Animal Crossing, really all I've been playing is, like, just Sonic games. <laughs> <laughs> what there kind? it is! See, what I kind? thought you were going to say some kind of really embarrassing fetish <laughs> game. <laughs> And that's why you were well, so hesitant is. to well, talk I, about it. The moment I bring up Sonic, this is going to be a three-hour podcast. Like, that's why I don't <laughs> want to bring up. <laughs> well, listen, listen. We, hey, or, about, we already brought up Kingdom there. Hearts, and you re you resisted the urge to fight me on Kingdom Hearts. Fought, so he, he, I think we're going to be fine. Fought against the darkness. He suppressed Master it. Master Nort. Yeah, Master Xander Nort. I I have was... risen past my apathy phase of Sonic that I went through for several months where I just didn't really want to talk about it or hear about it or look at it or like I remember this phase. This phase was an interesting arc in King Case development. Think, I think those days <laughs> are now behind me because I Is it is it like <gasps> the arc in Berserk where they were on the ship for like yeah, 18 maybe. years? Um, <laughs> I well I just got a I got a hankering 
to play Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Generations, and like... Uh, oh my gosh. I I did the first two as well, King K. Right. I just want, like, really... I just want to go back, because I haven't given some of these a fair shake in years. So, I just want to uh, go back and see where my priorities are. Because uh, they're announcing a game <laughs> this month, and I figure I might as well just, like... Oh god, no! You think no, th you think no, no, no! King Michael. K, I'm willing to put money down that we're not getting a game yeah. announcement. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we didn't. I'm willing to put money <laughs> down. <laughs> uh, hey guys, it's me, Aaron. We're gonna talk about Sonic Mania 2. Dude, I... I... We've, uh... I was playing, uh... Sonic... Sonic Adventure for the Tales campaign yesterday. Uh-huh. I love that You know, that funny, shit. I was too. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude. King K, what do you think? What What's the best campaign Sonic. in Sonic Adventure? <laughs> <laughs> That's like no question for me. I I love Tales stages so much. They're you so fun to replay. Sonic I, stages are like yeah. the more that I've play Sonic Adventure. The more I, the more it's like a uh, how do you, how do you like describe this? The more I play Sonic Adventure, the more respect I have for the Sonic stages, and the and the more everything else is it's either like just stayed bread. the same or become worse. Like, I'm gonna. It can can I make a hmm. comparison here, King K? It's like garlic bread. You don't appreciate garlic bread when you're young, but then when you have garlic bread when you're older and your taste buds have been opened, it's like the best thing in the world. That is like not you open a your very heart to garlic bread. Exactly. It's not a very apt do. analogy for what I'm trying to say, no. Because it's... Because it's not, it's not like parts of the garlic bread just taste like shit. The Sonic stages have only ever gotten more interesting the more that I play them. And honestly, there's mm. part of me that likes those Sonic stages more than in SA2. <gasps> Whoa. I mean, if I, if I may interject, it's because you can get away with more I, shit in I Sonic Adventure. I think that I've come to appreciate levels, things levels about those stages enough. because there are, there are still things in those stages that I just didn't even know existed, you know? Yo. Like, there, there's yeah. like... There's so much more to them that I didn't recognize before. Like in Red Mountain, there are so many like there there are like little shortcut things, little secret areas that like I'm like, wow, I didn't like I thought I knew this game, you know? Like I thought I knew everything. And mm -hmm. then in Speed Highway, there's like you in the beginning of the stage, you can run on the buildings to get extra lives on the top. I Yes. Yes. Shit, I didn't know that. I literally did not know you could do it. And then... <laughs> we need to do a Sonic Adventure podcast, and King I'm casting my vote around. now. We but, already did one. No, we didn't. Yes, we yeah, did. we did. This this is you. This is your memory <laughs> acting up again, old man. But, you want to hear the but? The but... Yeah. No. The but no, is that everything else has either stayed the same or gotten worse as a result. I, I I just have to say it. All like right? what? Like, Tails sucks. 
This <laughs> fucking broke it. No, no he does not I, suck. I hate no, he playing it again. Like, I... Oh. It was merciful that it was as short as it was. That's the most I'm giving it. Because it is... If you, especially if you play it right after Sonic, it feels like the biggest whiplash. Like, you go from Sonic levels, which are like, wow, these are like... I think they're expertly designed. I'm finding new shit every playthrough. And there's just so fun to, like, blast through and find all this shit. And then you play Tails, and it's like... Well... I can understand on a visceral level breaking levels being fun, but I don't know. Like he kind of just hold the A button, <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, I—that's a hard I disagree, know. King I don't K. Know. Get ready for a battle. I that I love the tail stages because that visceralness of breaking it, and I like. That's what I he love said. races. I love races mm -hmm. a lot. Um, it's just like, and, and at the end when you're racing Eggman, and then he's like, uh, I love the feeling of like, you're neck and neck, but there's that moment you just break away, <laughs> and then there's no chance he's gonna catch up to you. Like, speed, speed it's just so satisfying. Is, I, I like having no tension in my games. <laughs> speed speed Shut highway the fuck up. is probably his best level, and even then, I still don't like it. Like, I, I think I've come to a... Like, as people say all the time that, like, oh, what if 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 they had just made more levels like Speed Highway, Tails could work in 3D. And I look at that, and I know that's bullshit. <laughs> There's nothing about Speed Highway that is, like... It's better than the stages that are just reused with no changes. I can give you that, but... In terms of making Tails work in a 3D space, I don't know, fam. I, I don't, I just don't know, because inherently, if you're gonna make him, if you're gonna make him work like in Sonic Adventure, he feels broken. Like, even in Speed Highway, he feels broken. Like, I don't know where the fun in it lies for me. Because it doesn't, like, hmm. <laughs> do I say, do I say this? I'm I'm fucking glad they put him in a mech. <laughs> oh, I I'm disagreeing right now, King K. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my Look, little head. I, 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 I think the issue that too. I have with Tails' campaign is that you only play as him in like four levels, and like in other t in the other two that he's in, it's snowboarding. Yeah, that that's pretty awful. I snowboarding's like fun, but even then, like when you when you're in the Casinopolis or Casino, whatever it's called, I think it's Casinopolis. Like mm. you're just in a sewer line, and you can't really get creative with tails. Like like okay, mm. Windy Valley. Oh, the you could you could uh, jump on the left, and then you could win the level that way. Yeah, but finding that shit out without fucking guides, that was fucking amazing. That's fun. I don't know, fam. I don't give a I don't fuck know. what anybody says about it. You can, you can kind of just fly in the we, air and hold the B button, and then you're... We need to redo our <laughs> Sonic Adventure podcast. I'm I'm Do casting we? my vote in. Yes. Is there anything yes. new to say about this game yes. that hasn't been said a million yes. times? Yes. I don't remember what I said. Why don't you say it? Why don't you say it right now? <laughs> I don't now? remember this happening. I love Sonic Adventure. Yeah! It's, okay. I I hard disagree with King K on some of the things, you know. I can't disagree too much because I'm obligated to agree to some extent. 
the the thing is that like I I love about Sonic Adventures just like the 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 uh, there's so much about it. Even the big stages, I I have like oh man, I want this is gonna put my my gaming review badge in the grave. But like I didn't dislike the big stages. I just dislike. <laughs> I. I remember, like, my brother and I used to fucking fish for Froggy nonstop. I'd drink some chocolate <laughs> milk. He'd he'd take over the controller. I'd be with my cousin, and like, I'd be like, "Hey, do you want to race as Sonic?" And he'd be like, "No, I want to fish." And like, all we would do would fish in Twinkle Park as big for hours, like catching the fish. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, so offense, like, but it sounds like you had a miserable <laughs> childhood. Oh, stop, Exo. <laughs> I liked it. I had fun, Michael. Well, you know, back in my day, we played with rocks, and we liked that, too. <laughs> we played with marbles. We yeah, played we with played wartime with bombs. Really is a boomer. And, you, know, we, you know, we would go out in our little tire and, like, go out into the bay. <laughs> And Danny would make us some fun. sweet tea. And, you know, and then, then we would then we would fish with the giant purple cat, and we liked it. God damn it! <laughs> it's good. It doesn't matter how boring or terrible it was. It was amazing no, at the time. It was fun. They had like a goofy appeal, and he was a dumbass cat, and he looked funny. He had like he had definitely a sexual relationship with that frog. And it was Definitely. hilarious. So do you, do, you, do you think that which one is the simp in the relationship? The simp? Is Big the Cat a simp? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. He goes across the entire world for this dumbass frog who swallowed a damn Chaos Emerald. I The damn fourth I like Chaos some. Emerald. Look, I, I don't want to talk about Sonic Chaos Emerald. But what I, all I wanted to say. <laughs> Why did you pick it up? Like, what am I? I'm going to say no. I'm just going to deny the fact that I've been playing a bunch of Sonic games. I don't know what else to say here. What Lucky I wanted K, to I say, it. instead of going You're off about Sonic Adventure, games. was that... Was <laughs> you knew this was gonna happen. This, I gained an appreciation for the Sonic gameplay, and it kind of made me realize that I just... Even, even when Sonic's bad, man. There's something about Sonic I can't get anywhere else, <laughs> and... E even when, like, yeah. even when times are tough, I feel like I can still fall back on them these days, and... And times so, are certainly tough right now. So he's, he's someone who can push you to yeah. victory. <laughs> All right, Exo, let's see what we can endless. do. Together, no, it's my turn. You. Can't oh, I be thought you were saying it's Exo's turn. I was about Kiss to your fears goodbye. Um, night in the wind. Um, what is that one? What? What are you talking the about? Night, the night... Who, who is that? Your, who is that that's talking I, right now? No, it's not... Uh, um, making me cry. I mean, I don't really. The only other thing I've been playing lately is like I got <laughs> Michael. It's my turn. Shh, no, no, it's my turn. Michael, I'm not. I'm. I haven't been saying anything. Go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you didn't oh, skip my turn. We're, we're gonna cut all that out, by the way. <laughs> uh, I have you ever played a game called Pathologic? Or heard, heard of it? Of it. Um, uh, there's there's a couple games I want to shout out. Pathologic Two is basically 
like uh, a game about a plague. And so it's very fitting to play right now if you are like me and love to surround yourself with things that give you perpetual anxiety. It is a, it is a very harsh game about... Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Just play Pathologic 2. It's very engaging. Uh, um, very hard. It's very... What is the word? Uh, threatening. It's very abusive towards the player in some ways. Like, it... It de it de incentivizes you to do like combat at the beginning, and like there's there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of intricate like uh, questing and like system mechanics that are like jank but really engaging and like fun to go around. Um, other than that, I've been playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh what? Uh. Yes, sir. No, okay, so my um, question is, how did you get early access to it when you don't make videos anymore? <laughs> well, Square Enix was giving away some copies uh, early because of the whole yeah. situation. Yeah. Continue. That's it. Anyways, um, before I was rudely <laughs> criticized by Michael... Um, I rudely criticize I, I, for your laziness and unwillingness to work. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> if you keep saying that, I'll probably you know, do it. That went too far, so I'm going. I'm going to apologize. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't like Final Fantasy VII. I'm just gonna say it. I, I hate the, the game. The original or the remake? <laughs> the original. Or the original. Okay. I, I the only thing I like about Final Fantasy VII is. The concept of it. I don't like playing it. I think, um, like, I love the menus, the sound design. I love the music. I like it as a concept, but I would never play it because I find turn-based RPGs generally very, very boring. That's just a bias I have. You know, I'm I'm not going to say it's terrible because, you know, I, I don't... I've, I've never played it and I don't want to. <laughs> I've watched, like, uh, I've listened to Vinny play it, but I've never, like, sat down and watched it or played it myself. You should. But I don't want to. <laughs> you bully. I know, but, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed Final Fantasy 15 and I loved Kingdom Hearts 3. So when I saw that Final Fantasy 7's remake would go in sort of an action RPG combat system, I was like... Well, now's my time to actually play Final Fantasy VII, and uh, it's uh, it's really good. You know, the the graphics are really nice. Um, but they uh, copy pasted I... Noctis's face from Final Fantasy XV, so therefore it's bad. <laughs> uh, models, I don't know how models work. That, I, I, that tweet is so asinine. I, <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway, but like. Yeah, everything is, like, just incredible, and I love, um, I mean, like, the beginning of the game is pretty iconic, starting in that, like, train station and everything, and, like, um, I love the combat, I, I just love Square Enix's sort of, like, Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy 15 sort of combat system, uh, it, it reminds me a little bit right now of, like, when I first started Nier Automata at the beginning which is like one of my favorite games of all time. Um, so like, I know times are hard right now for like buying games, but like, 
I don't know how long it is because isn't it like just the first episode or something? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I don't know about the content to price ratio, but so far, I mean, like if you played the demo and you liked it and you're like, oh, I want to see what they do more, I'd recommend it. It's like that that and Persona 5 Royale, if you've not played Persona 5 yet, like, My sister get, just get got Royale. Persona 5 Royale. Yeah, dude, get honestly like that. That's a game that's easily 100 plus hours that you could like splurge into right now. I think that draws our quarantine cast to a close. Mm -hmm. Does it? I, I have nothing well, else to share. Yeah, I'm pretty all set. I just had the three games I've been playing. Yeah. Yeah. Those, you good, King K? I can't think of anything else I've even really done. All right. In terms of the 2020 election, my vote is going honestly, and that's where you cut the podcast. <laughs> my vote is for Sonic. Please check out our YouTube channel for video versions of all our podcasts. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Ashton Manor, Awesome Call, Bittersweet, Bosa Bosa, Chucky the Construction Worker, Continue Life, Cool Vibes, Crinoline Dreams, Dispersion Relation, Eternity, Funnin' and Sunnin', Funky Chunk, Hard Boiled, Hepcats, In Your Arms, Jazz Brunch, Lobby Time, Mining by Moonlight, Novel Noel, Porch Blues, Porch Swing Days Slower, Shaving Mirror, Spy Glass and Street Party. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You can find this license at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash five forward slash 4.0 forward slash. This episode was edited by yours truly, ExoParadigmGamer. You can find me at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash ExoParadigmGamer. Thank you all very much for watching our podcast and we'll see you all next time.